A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Hover. Building your online brand has never been more important. Your online identity begins with your domain name. New customers get 10% off of any of Hover's 400-plus domain extensions by going to hover.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. For 50% off of your first box, visit HelloFresh.ca slash CanadaLand and enter the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. James Dubrow, true crime writer and veteran crime reporter, former CanadaLand guest, first time Shortcuts guest. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing all right. We are going to talk, James, today about the suspicious deaths of billionaires and the coverage thereof. And we are going to talk about crying white girls. Suspicious is a wonderful word, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to get into it's it. It's almost like foul play. It could mean anything. It suggests a lot. Welcome to Canada Land Shortcuts. Thank you very much. Good to be here. This episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Kim Winiski, Mauricio Calero, Nori Harrison-Weiss, Kylie Griggs, Emily Benjamin, Julia Chanter, Allison Porter, and Mark Cusack. This is Mark. I'm a marine consultant in Nova Scotia, and I listen to and support Canada Land because it investigates important stories with intelligence and integrity. These stories are not adequately covered by most media, if indeed they touch them at all. I believe that the journalists and traditional media companies don't get the support, the resources, or the compensation they deserve to dig deeply into important stories. Canada Land is trying to change this, and that's why I listen to Canada Land. <laughs> okay. This episode is also brought to you by Hover. James, 
building your online brand has never been more important than it is today. I guess. <laughs> Listen, the new year is coming, and if you have been meaning to launch a website, if you have been meaning to launch that new project, your first step is building your website. Your domain name tells everyone online who you are and what you are passionate about. Sure, you could get a .com, you could get a .biz, you could also get a .ninja, a .horse, a .pizza. <laughs> there are more than 400. The place to go is Hover. Hover is the company that Canada Land relies upon for our domain name and for our email. And the reason for that is that Hover is simple and easy to use, has great support, and does not upsell you. They have over 400 domain extensions to choose from to help you brand yourself online. That is a lot of choice. Let's say you are a designer or another kind of creative professional. You could use .design instead of .com or .biz. You will be telling everybody the nature of your business. That actually helps a lot when people are trying to find you. New customers can even get 10% off of any of these 400 plus domain extensions when they go to hover.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out now. Good evening. Shocking news from the business world tonight. The founder of Canadian drug giant Apotex, Barry Sherman and his wife Honey have been found dead. Police and firefighters were called out at midday to this quiet, wealthy neighborhood. Two bodies found inside, that of Barry Sherman and his wife. Police Honey. confirmed the bodies were found in the basement of the multi-million dollar home, which was recently put on the market. Police telling us at this time no signs of any forced entry into the home, no outstanding suspects that they're looking for at this time. So they're really trying to reassure people, Anita, that there are no uh, outstanding suspects or no concern for public safety. Okay, those were sounds of some of the uh, the early reporting. It's still early reporting on the shocking deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. Barry Sherman, the owner of Apotex, the generic pharmaceutical giant, one of the richest people in Canada, estimated net worth of $4.77 billion. This, this I, I don't know if the disclosure is necessary here. I, I really can't tell, but I'll, I'll just say that they were very well known as philanthropists and uh, I have a family connection who worked with them on philanthropy within the Jewish community. Well, everyone uh, seems to know them and like them yeah. as philanthropists, and it's just so unexpected. What I want to talk with you about, James, I mean, this is early days for this story. And by the mm. time people are listening to this, the story may well have progressed from where it is right now. We do not know the circumstances of these deaths. Right. There's so much speculation right now. Everyone's trying to put together a narrative that makes sense. It's it's very difficult to put together a narrative that makes sense. And I, yeah, I don't, well, it's, it's very competitive. I mean, what yeah. I find is happening lately, quite apart from the news cycle being pretty brutish and relatively short for most stories. This is a longer one because of what's involved. But everyone's trying to compete with everyone else. The hype is very strong. The sensationalism is very strong. And they try to one-up other people by saying, aha, you see, they were murdered or there was a murder-suicide or whatever, you know. Well, this is why you're here because, you know, crime reporting is almost like you need like an, a dictionary to decipher the terminology used. Mm. What the information means and where it's coming from is sort of written in a certain news code. I, I, I want to talk about the coverage. I, I don't want right. to, we're not going to try to solve these deaths uh, or possible, no, we possible can't. suspicious we deaths. I want to call them murders. We don't know. Suspicious death officially. It is officially a suspicious death, but the news reporting is hard to make sense of because the cops release information and then the media releases information. We are told the deaths are suspicious, but we are also told that no suspect is being sought. Right. We're told that the homicide department is involved. Later, we're told that the homicide department is leading the investigation, but we are told that, that it's not a homicide department investigation. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the first on the first one, uh, that it's just um, 
suspicious. It is suspicious, obviously, if two people die suddenly. No forced entry, the cops uh, Yeah, they put, put, out, they put out. out no forced entry. They put a lot of things out right away. Uh, nobody came in. Well, they don't really know that yet. The trouble is also the cops. You know, we've had a lot of cases now where the cops have screwed up initially uh, mm-hmm. that the homicide department generally is pretty cautious and usually correct. But when they start investigations, like in the Ritchie murder just a couple of weeks ago in the gay village, it was first a disappearance, as often murders can be. And they botched it. There's no question. They totally screwed it up. Let's let's fill some people who might not be following this. Uh, I mean, it is a Toronto story, though. It was on the front page of the New York Times. Um, and ABC News. Last yeah. The, 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 the Shermans were found hanging from some sort of rafter or something. Well, is that even true about uh, the hanging? We've heard many versions of that. I, you know, I most recent one today in the paper in the Toronto Sun, it said they were hanging by belts. By belts. Yeah. And, the, and with their coats up. And that they, this that is the Warmington, Joe Warmington. Warmington. And like they were manipulated. Uh, the hanging uh, came fairly early in. Uh, in the reporting. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you have to decipher what the cops have said officially. Uh, so so we're, we're told that they were found hanging in, in the indoor pool. And the thing that, that I noticed very quickly, this wasn't an, uh, immediately reported, but very soon we read that police sources say that it's a murder-suicide or that they're looking at it as a murder-suicide. Right. And they use plural police sources. And I think I first read that in the Toronto Star, which is not to say the Star was – I don't know who was the first to, to present that information. But I later checked re- reading all the different accounts to see – are they attributing that to a uh, reported by the Toronto Star or are they relying on their own police sources? And the various media reports I read were all citing their own police sources, plural. It's rather vague. Can you, you know, help me you read say, into that? As well, it, it's so this? vague when you say police sources. I, I can't help you a bit on this one. I, I think the first one I saw, which was fairly interesting, was the guy on CP24 who said uh, within the first night that it looked to him from having investigated many homicides. He was an ex-homicide investigator. It pretty much looked like a, a murder-suicide since it was no force entry, which the police said almost instantly. I mean, that immediately I, I say, well, just because there's no forced entry doesn't mean that somebody couldn't have come in and murdered no, them. No, but two people dead and no force entry either means a very clever murder or uh, some sort of murder-suicide is a very common Right. Thing that that police encounter. This was a homicide officer who I've dealt with actually in various murders, and he's usually fairly cautious. He's now the consultant to. He CP24. was saying this as, as as somebody not on the case, but commenting on the case. That's right. He was commenting, okay. but still, he he's you know longtime homicide officer. He used to be in charge of the cold case squad, and he's very plugged in. Let me ask you this. When people cite sources, not official messaging, but sources on the police, that could either be a one-on-one relationship where a reporter you know, has a line to a cop and the cop gives them a bit of inside information. In this case, that does not seem to be the case because multiple sources are giving the same information to multiple news organizations. It's reasonable to conclude that the police, though they don't want to have any liability, they don't want to be on the record saying it's a murder-suicide, they want that reported. Why would the police want that in the mix? They don't want to... Th- people to think there's a murderer out there for one thing and uh-huh. they, they don't want people to be afraid and I think almost instantly they did say something to the effect that while homicide was working on it which was a little vague that nobody was in any danger I think l- lending fire to the speculation uh, uh, Steve Pakin mm. tweeted uh, I have heard from a trusted source that an alleged law enforcement investigation was closing in on the Shermans and the quote noose was tightening 
unquote. <laughs> Might yes. be a potential explanation for a possible murder-suicide, says Steve Paikin. He later deleted that tweet and apologized. I think he was apologizing for the for quoting his source uh, with the noose tightening because, uh, you know. Tightening is very bad. Well, when, when it's a yeah. ligature uh, strangling. And also the Shermans were talking about Mr. Sherman here, not Mrs. Sherman. She didn't run the company. Uh, and if there's any investigation of Apotex, it would be about other issues. Yeah, not, if he was about to be just sent away for a long about time, to be sent away, <laughs> you know, or facing some sort of white collar crime investigation, why then would he murder his wife? Uh, as, as exactly. That suggests? But I think Pakin is, you know, it's like so many things. He just jumped on the on the gun. He got one source. He went with it, and was sorry he had. And his unfortunate language made it worse. And then, of course, other people. This is where things get interesting. Other people immediately said to me, aha, he's taken it back. So because he deleted the tweet, he says he deleted, he deleted the tweet. The they got to him. They got to taste. him. Yeah. But, but the conspiracy has got the conspiracy theory is they got to him. And, and, and like these days, conspiracy theories start almost when the event starts. So then this happens, you know? James. Then after this murder suicide thing makes the rounds in the mm-hmm. press, the Shermans release a statement saying that that theory is totally a rumor that everything they know about Barry and Honey Sherman makes that an impossibility to imagine that he killed her, mm-hmm. that she had plans to go to Florida. They had just welcomed in a new grandchild. They were looking forward to all sorts of wonderful family events. And the quote from the family, they said, it is irresponsible that police sources have reportedly advised the media of a theory which neither the family, the friends, nor the colleagues believe to be true. Yeah, well, that was funny because, you know, that became the news story the next day. Yeah, and then suddenly there's You're these feeding the beast when you do that. You know, yeah. When you put out a release like that. It... Well, it was effective in that, this person who we have reason to believe very well may have murdered his wife is now the subject of laudatory stories following the family saying this is irresponsible. We, we then have stories about Barry Sherman as a wonderful philanthropist and people yeah. saying impossible, impossible. That actually got its own coverage. But um, it, would have, it would have got coverage as a great philanthropist anyway because that's what he was doing a lot of it. Yeah. I, I, he was giving when a lot the jury of his money is, away. When, when he's still under suspicion for possibly murdering his wife. doesn't matter. He's still a great philanthropist. Uh, well, yeah. I think a lot of that came from Honey, but absolutely. Uh, if the family's intent was to shape the media's coverage and to say, hold your horses on all this murder talk, I think that was effective. Uh, they, they were They were able to get that quote into news reports and they were able to even generate new news stories that were focused on positive coverage. Then we're mm. on, like, I'm just trying to make sense of everything yeah, that's out right. there. Yeah, right, it's hard then, to. Because then everybody else is saying, okay, well, let's, let's uh, outside of the uh, the Canadian bubble where these people are so well regarded by everybody up to the prime minister, we have places like, the, I don't know, the Times of Israel ran a story that was uh, incredibly negative of, of Barry Sherman talking about his predatory business practices and inflating the prices of mm. prescription drugs yes, in Canada, yes, yeah, yeah. ending with a quote that was sort of chilling, but everything's chilling in the context of uh, these deaths. Barry Sherman is quoted from, from some earlier piece saying, I find no inconsistency in holding intellectually that life has no meaning while at the same time being highly motivated to survive and to achieve. Yeah, it sounds like the speech in Macbeth, you know. <laughs> Life is signifying nothing, you know. Tale told by an idiot. Now, I, I'm sure that was taken out of context. That uh, it does well, and, and then I mean, the context of a possible murder. It, yeah, it sounds sinister. It might and not you be can't sinister. help but see that Sherman and Apotex helped create a, a whole new industry for poorer people to have access to drugs. Yeah, I mean, you can pay. I remember the '70s and how you had to pay top dollar for those. And they always said these drug companies, you had to pay for it because you had to pay for the research. And he broke through all of that. So that was very important. 
I suppose so. I think you could write either piece. You could write the piece that paints him as as uh, lending credibility to a, a read that, like, oh no, he he could have killed her. I mean, the truth of the matter is, like, I can believe anything here. Well, killing her is. I mean, you can't just look at that as murder. When you say murder, it, it's kind of, you know, classic, you know, someone sneaking into your bedroom or your house and sure. stabbing you or shooting you I'll or be, even strangling you to death. I'll be careful here. It wasn't that kind of murder. And therefore, you can't look at Barry Sherman the same way, even if he did, for whatever crazy thing, ended up killing his wife. I don't think we're talking that kind of first degree murder kind of thing. I feel like this is, uh, you know, a prime conversation that uh, can be, you know, if anyone listens to it a few months from now, it'll be, uh, we'll have gotten something wildly wrong. Okay, James, let's uh, duly note some things because we uh, often need to note things that uh, deserve to be duly noted. That sounds like a Rumsfeldism. <laughs> you don't know what you know until you don't know it. Or James Dubrow, do you have something that you can duly note for us today? Well, I would say this, you know, because I don't have a story that's been underplayed. And I think when you ask me uh, whether stories that might be underplayed might be the disappearances story in the gay village. Yeah, you alluded to it earlier. I would have said that. uh, I I wrote two stories in the Torontoist back in the summer. It's worth revisiting. Uh, Give us a quick nutshell. There was nothing for a long time. There was nothing about these disappearances. Three men disappeared between 2012, 2010 and 2012. 13, and then two more men disappeared in the summer of uh, 2017. There was talk of like a serial killer in the gay village in Toronto. Well, there's still talk of that. But now there's another rash of... uh, The police have fought back on the serial killer thing. I mean, we we simply don't know. I Uh mean, these people, five people have just vanished. Now, that on the face of it is pretty surprising, except it happens all the time. I, I, I don't know if you get the police bulletins every day there's at least two or three disappearances every day and they and these men were they were brown they were uh Uh, some of them yeah some of them the first one that wasn't brown though that got the most attention Uh a just a regular white guy in the gay village uh who was everyone's friend and blah 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 that got the most attention yeah so people really stood up for that and even the police stood up for that they they weren't about to have a special squad on just uh, Essen, who was the one of the uh, people, he was from Turkey. But when Gary, when Andrew Kinsman yeah. went missing and, you know, all these things are peculiar. I mean, he, he was the kind of guy who took care of his cat, who did everything by rote and everything. And suddenly he just disappeared, leaving his cat alone and blah, blah, blah. That was back in June. And here we are in December and, he, and he's still gone. Mm-hmm. It's very mysterious. Again, mystery. Mystery is very key to all this. People love mystery. But also when you disappeared, it's very different than murder because you've murder, you have a body. You know, someone's been killed. So it's very easy if it's not called murder right away and it, 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 there's no evidence that it's murder. It's very easy to just, well, disappearance. It's, it's a very complicated thing to do, disappearance investigations. You can't get the right wiretaps, you can't get the right access to Do things. Do people, I, I have this like sense that uh, maybe it's just from watching too many movies that need an ending, but you know, that people who try to just disappear from the grid are ultimately found. Uh, do people disappear? Usually they're ultimately found, but not always. There have been people who have disappeared forever. Harder in this computer age yeah, to totally disappear, but people do. Often though, to me as a crime writer, the longer the disappearance, it usually means the person has been killed yeah. and disposed of. I know another case I did 10 years ago, uh, a guy named Harley Walker. He met someone on the Internet. The guy had targeted him for extortion, and he was he was uh, stabbed to death, and the guy panicked and cut up the body and buried him in his farm. 
uh, up north. And so he was disappeared for six or eight months. I'm more curious about sort of uh, people who set out to disappear and, and how what the Well, that's, yeah, that's another thing that you, you never know. We're you digressing never... wildly. If, no, if... But, but my point about all <laughs> yes. this is about the disappearance. I don't really think that's an underreported story now. What happens in this current news environment is it came back with a vengeance after the uh, Laura Wells and Richie stories, and everyone went tearing after the police, which they deserved <laughs> uh, for certain mistakes, mm-hmm. but it, it was overcovered. I mean, I remember one day I was interviewed in the Globe and Mail by a reporter there about the disappearances, and it was very nice. But then the next couple of days, everyone was covering it. Yeah. Everyone, and it's like saturation coverage all of a sudden. this is good for stories where- It's great. It's great. If you're trying to actually find people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Uh, it's not going to help the police investigation necessarily, but it might. Um, But now we're back into quiet again. James, if people want to read more about this, where can they find uh, some, some coverage that you'd recommend? Well, I would recommend- Checking out Justin Ling's stories and, and McLean's and some of the Globe and Mail stories and some of the Star stories. You know, they've been, they've been pretty good. Duly noted. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, And just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. James, I want to take a second to thank our second sponsor, HelloFresh. Do you cook? I do cook, but not very well. You know, I find that I love cooking, but the process of meal planning, of shopping at the grocery store, mise en place, plus, mm-hmm. mise en place, all of it can make it an overwhelming chore. And uh, when things get hectic, as they do this time of year, it can preclude me from cooking. I can just go and get takeout instead. And, and then you start mm-hmm. to feel gross because this time of year, there's so many parties and takeout and everything. Just, it's nice to cook. Mm-hmm. And HelloFresh is on a mission to make it possible for more people to cook more frequently. So they have these wonderful meal kits. And when mm-hmm. you get a meal kit from HelloFresh, you don't have to do meal planning. You don't have to do grocery shopping. You don't have to cut every vegetable. Everything comes 
ready to go, beautifully boxed. Do you call them or it's on the internet? You subscribe and they, oh, okay. they uh, ship it to you for free and they give you just as much ingredient as you need for the recipes that they uh, give you. Very simple instructions for. Every recipe takes 30 minutes or less and the food works out. The recipes are tested. It's yummy stuff. Very convenient too. It is incredibly convenient and if you are curious about this, you can get your first box for 50% off. By going to HelloFresh.ca slash CanadaLand and entering the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. Okay, James, uh, it is the time of year for uh, best of lists, for mm. for who are the top newsmakers. It's the time of year when, when all current affairs news programs stop actually reporting on what's going on right now and get contemplative also because right. we want to get this stuff in the can right. uh, before everybody takes their break. But in any event, some of the first uh, year-in-review coverage that popped up on my newsfeed was CBC's Sunday Scrum, not a program that I watch or that a lot of people watch. But uh, these days, what happens on TV gets noticed when it pops up on social media afterwards. Particularly when they make... Uh, mistakes or something sensationalist said. Well, we'll uh, we'll 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 discuss whether or not that happened because. Uh, and that's a hard show for sensationalism. <laughs> yeah, pretty dull. <laughs> Sunday politics, uh, Sunday Scrum. Yes, absolutely. It was nice to see Vicky Mochama, former host of Canada Land Commons, currently host of Safe Space, mm. and uh, and a Metro columnist on a panel with John Ibbotson on the Sunday Scrum, and that's where these troubles begin. Let's have a listen. Let's move to those who had an important influence on the events of this year and perhaps didn't receive the recognition they deserved. John, who would your pick be? Um, Lindsay Shepherd, uh, who we have heard a lot about. Uh, she was the young teaching assistant at uh, Laurier University uh, who was called on the carpet for showing a video of Jordan Peterson. And it was the, the recording of that disciplinary hearing that went viral and that really exploded the whole issue of the debate that's occurring within the social sciences and humanities. No matter where you are in this debate, it was Ms. Shepherd and that tape that blew this entire issue open and made it uh, part of the national discourse. And for that, she deserves great credit. I Susan? have to disagree. I think yeah. that she is someone that exists, and I think a lot of people responded to her for the same reasons they tend to respond to things, which is that she's a young, crying white girl. But there are lots of moments in which the academic freedom conversation could have been had and got, has been skipped over serially. And I don't think that she's the appropriate person to have launched this conversation because, as it turns out, she leans hard right in some of her choices. She exists? So... Uh... <laughs> You know, if you watch that actually play out on the show in real time, the conversation just continues and nobody really bats an eyelash. No, no I was watching it and I didn't really notice it very much. I mean, Yeah, but uh, but then Jordan Peterson got involved. and uh, When she said it just exists, I mean, that, she just exists. She was just filling time, I suspect. I mean, no, I, I, we I, all I, exist. <laughs> okay, so, so here's, what, uh, here's what Jordan Peterson tweeted. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have ever seen anything as directly and unabashedly racist and high school reputation damaging mean girl bullying in our national press as what happens here. Uh, Full complicity of the CBC. He lays the blame on the CBC. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself, Vicky Machama and CBC, says Jordan Peterson. I truly believe that you increased racism across Canada a percentage point or two with this appalling dreadful performance. <laughs> you see, Jordan Peterson, who used to be a fun little commentator on Pakin show uh, years ago as a, a psychologist. Remember him when he used to be a psychologist? On the... I only know him in his current context. Oh, I knew him back then, and he was somewhat boring, and he, and he was very interesting. 
Uh, now he's learned from Trump, I think, and this Trump people how to use this inflated language and exaggerate everything. And what he's saying there is totally ridiculous. I well, mean, he commands an army. and uh, I know, but it, you could say she misspoke by saying white or girl, but it's not racist. I don't believe it is. And no. Vicky stands by what she said. I, I, I think that for, like first and foremost, before we even get into who's right or wrong about the points that are being made, it has to be said that these people are talking right past each other. Yeah. A, a, Vicky's trying to make a point that I don't think it has anything to do with the response. And you can disagree with her point, but her point is not about anything bad about crying white girls or some something some some derogatory slur on the basis of their race. Her point, I, I think, is very clear, is that the public response to Lindsay Shepard and the reason why Lindsay Shepard was the one who got such a huge public outcry is because we are very very sensitive and reactive to the tears of white women. Mm. And that when Masuma Khan or other people faced similar academic censure for their choice of speech, nobody really gave a shit. So, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is so confused and, and, and muddled because the host asks, can you name a person of the year who, who uh, had a big impact on the public conversation, mm. but who didn't get enough credit? And then John Ibbotson says, well, Lindsay Shepard. She got a lot of credit. So right off the yeah, bat, it's yeah. like, well, no, she did get a lot of credit. Right, but, of course. But, and then it's confusing again because Vicky says, well, I disagree. Well, you can't disagree with the fact that Lindsay Shepard got a huge reaction. Yeah. Uh, there's and no question said, about she that. She simply said she exists, which doesn't mean anything. Right. The story was big. Let's the story was it. huge. We can't we can't argue that she was and a newsmaker. it was newsmaker, about academic freedom. But you can take issue freedom. with Lindsay Shepard being on, on the list of uh, – People who didn't get enough credit. No. But that's not even what was being said. No. Really, Vicky's point is that in a more perfect world, one of these other people would have been uh, the person who should have launched this conversation. And really, this is revealing of a certain bias. Just as you were saying before, James, that the death of the white man in, in the gay village got a much stronger reaction right. than other right. people's deaths. Right. I think Vicky was trying to alert. Like, I don't need to. She, she explained herself, I think, just fine with, I don't know, like the pundit format. I think I think where Vicky went wrong is by it's, saying, "Well, she leans hard right. Uh, who cares?" We don't know that. I mean, I, I I read a bit about her. She she's sort of all over the place. She's a graduate student who teaches, you know, well, teaching fellow, you know, and she identified it as a leftist. It was it was it was a uh, crying black girl. Uh, you don't say that, right? But if it were a, a black woman who was the victim of this problem, would it made any difference? Well, it would have made a difference in the first place, at least if you agree with Vicky, that we would have been less sympathetic as a society uh, had mm. it been. She's talking about elitism, I think, uh, Vicky, isn't she? I mean, she's talking about people tend to go with what a white person says, the majority, in other words, and if it were a, a minority, they wouldn't pay as much attention. Yeah, I think attention. that's, that, and that's, that's a fair really, way to put it. She didn't, she didn't phrase it very good. She's young. She's <laughs> the whole Lindsay Shepard thing, I think, is just like the, the biggest debate this country has had about something of such little significance. I mean, like, what is this about? And all the people who are piling on now saying that Vicky, uh, after Jordan Peterson, identified her as a racist. Oh, you couldn't say crying black girl. Well, I suppose, but that would have a completely different meaning. I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's this insistence that I think it has we to be did totally back in neutral. the Anita Hill hearings. They they talked about that. Pretty well, openly. and where was public sympathy for on Anita Hill? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think Vicky has a very silly twenty years point. ago. No, I think she she thwarted it by saying crying white girl. I think she should have dealt with the issue head on. You know, I mean, why is anyone talking about this? What's the issue? 
The, the issue doesn't. But she didn't deal with academic freedom. Neither the of these issue. issues actually exist. Is my point? Is is the uh, people who but are isn't saying academic freedom an issue? Academic freedom is absolutely an issue. And, and shouldn't and, a graduate student be able to teach reasonably what she wants? I mean, just taking something from the Pakin show doesn't seem to be very radical. Not at all. I think she was absolutely within her rights, and the, and, and Laurier has absolutely, I think, correctly exonerated her. There was right. nothing wrong with her doing that. The fact of the matter is, she did do it. Right. And they, but they came on a bit heavy. They came on heavy. It was it was horrible. And then the way she they came released on. that stuff, which is a bit odd. But uh... I think that it, it's evidence of some kind of an agenda, but not necessarily one that's. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's that's great. I think it's mm. great that we know what happened in that weird little kangaroo court tribunal. Mm. I think it shouldn't have happened. No. Uh, I think that she was then political correctness gone amok. I think is what some would say. Well, I, you know what? I don't even know that th that's exactly yeah, the, the it's phrase about for how it. you deal with. There's a culture in certain uh, humanities departments that gets. Uh, I mean, the guy didn't know what he was talking about. First of all, when he said that she was running afoul of uh, Canadian humans, he was wrong. And in as much as he was an authority figure, or the three of them were authority figures, coming down on a TA like that is it's it's reprehensible. Seemed a bit heavy. I'm, I'm glad she recorded it and released it. Right, I'm right, glad they yeah. were censured. Yeah. But to extrapolate a cause that is afflicting this country yeah, it's and, a bit much. and I agree academia with you. itself. And, and there is a lot of it. There is plenty of academic freedom still far more than the 50s or 60s. I mean, yeah, teaching I, I, fellows I, and whatever can do with pretty So that's my first they, issue is yeah, that a lot I mean, of people who are adopting the case as if this is a problem that they encounter, that they're being thwarted in their attempts to just speak. I don't believe it. But that's part of this hard right, hard left agenda. Absolutely. You know, came out of the Berkeley thing and, and Milo protests and you know, they shut him down. No, yeah. We're as divided as it's ever been. But I, I just don't buy it. I don't but buy it. Those were radical people that shut him down. The people who are appalled with Vicky for her racism, I don't believe have ever uh, had anything, any obstacle in their way uh, no, on the basis appalled. of- They're not appalled by no, Vicky by her racism. You know? Totally play acting. And the same thing is true of Black Lives Matter. The people say they're appalled by Black Lives Matter for their racism. It's totally absurd. Most of the people in Black Lives Matter are just trying to make things better for their people. You know, it's not. Yeah, yeah there is incredible resistance and there's a big audience for that resistance. Anyhow, I, you know, it, it, we're in an interesting new space here where yeah. uh, Peterson, I think, wields such a, an impact. that but He's it, learned a lot from Trump, I would say. He's oh, yeah, really it's the same tactics. He's gone from just a small-time academic on shows that almost nobody watches, like Pakin's Agenda, can I say that? Uh, to <laughs> to uh, to this, everything he says is important. Isn't that interesting, though? That that you know, uh, Pakin show or the Sunday Scrum. These things happen. They're on no all the time. No one them. really pays attention. And now it's flipped because uh, a guy like Peterson can still use the supposed authority of the CBC. Look what's mm. on the CBC. But he actually wields more influence now. And, and there, but there are other things going on here. Pakin is very brave to have Peterson on at all anymore, and he's probably not on the CBC News or the CTV News anymore. No, you won't see Peter's... Of, except as a subject. That's true. It's uh, weird, though, isn't it, how all of this posturing and uh, playing, and Peterson's very much a part of it. He's very manipulative. I mean, I used yeah. to like him as a as a, a psychologist just, you know, talking on the old Pakin show long ago. It was five, ten years Before ago. Before he became a culture warrior. Well, since he saw himself as this figure yeah. creating the news, what they're doing is not just... Um, making the news they're, they're they're creating it and and shaping it and, yeah. then, and then by exaggeration hype and sensationalism this is why i say it's about quoted, nothing like i feel like we're it's just about nothing but, shadow boxing, but yeah. they make it sound like it's about everything yeah about everything that we value yeah learning race it's everything we value they should calm down
James, thank you. Thank you. That is your Canada Land Shortcuts. You can email me about it. I'm at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything you send me. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. James, where can people find you? I hate to say it. With all your advertising about Hover, I still don't have my webpage. Uh, they can find me uh, through crimewritersofcanada.ca. Crimewritersofcanada.ca. Yeah. Like our Facebook page, and our news stories will show up in your Facebook news feed, or you can just go to canadalandshow.com and find our stories there. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. This show was produced by Kevin Sexton. It is his last episode before he goes on a three-month paternity leave. Have fun, Kevin. Syndication of this show is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.